Chase is alive. He killed my friend, now he's coming for me. He's got a death curse. Jason's a legend. I was his warrior. An old friend of the Christie's. Jason belongs in hell. You're joining me if you stay here. Never come back again. You see, Jason was away somewhere. And today is his birthday. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Camp Blood Radio. I am your host, Nathan Barker, and I am solo for tonight's show here at Camp Crystal Lake, but technically I'm not alone. Now, none of the crew is joining me tonight, so you won't get to hear the drunk Uncle Kenton ranting about Methhead Ted, but I do have two special guests on with me tonight, and I would like to welcome the writer slash producer slash director, we'll get to that in just a minute, but of the upcoming Friday the 13th fan film, here comes the night. Joining me tonight to talk about their film is Jason Case. Hello, hello. And director Tim McCormick. Jason, that was terrible. I know, I'm terrible. <laughs> terrible <to call> <laughs> Hi, everybody. Thanks for having us. Now, just before we got started here, they did say how they like to jab at each other, so I'll just give a little bit of a disclaimer there. <laughs> so, But anyway, say hey, thanks again, guys, for taking the time to join me tonight. I really appreciate it. But before we get started here, I just got to say that your film kind of really snuck up on us in the Friday the 13th community. I literally didn't know anything about it, and then all of a sudden, I'm going to say, I don't remember when the trailer was released. I'm going to say about a month ago, maybe six weeks ago, there was a trailer drop on YouTube. And it was like, hey, guys, we're joining the Friday the 13th fan film wave. And I got to say, I, I love the trailer and I look forward to seeing your film soon. But uh, I guess, I guess, Tim, since you're directing, I got to say how, I guess, what was the reason for just kind of sneaking up on everybody? Yeah, so I think the, the it all comes back to where we started, Jason and I. We wanted to do something. We're both fans of the genre, both fans specifically of Friday the 13th. And so... We made the movie and, and uh, we were kind of at this moment where we didn't know how to market it. We're, we're not professionals in that regard, but we wanted to have this kind of mysterious aspect to it. Nothing too intentional, like and we're not Marvel Studios by any means, but we just wanted to kind of put it out there in the universe, put it out there in the fan base and just kind of see how people responded to it. Um, if you've seen the trailer, uh, uh, it's very much in the 80s and that's exactly where we put it. So it really is, it was just a way of feeling it out and seeing what the reactions were. Um, a lot has to do with the story itself, and we didn't want to give anything away, but also how do you entice an audience, uh, especially a, a fan base that loves this product, how do you entice them to kind of go, okay, what, what do they have to say? So, you know, some of it was intentional, some of it was just the, the way it worked out for Jason and I, and uh, we just kind of went for it. So with that being said, in the, I guess, limited exposure with uh, not having a Facebook page directly for the film, I know you guys are on Instagram, I believe at Camp Blood ATX, and uh, not on Twitter, not on all the major social platforms like some of the other fan films are. How do you guys think that, uh, I guess, I guess the receiving of it has been since the trailer's been out? I know you were, I just looked a little bit ago and you were like at 4.6K views, which I think is probably pretty good considering the circumstances. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, Jason and I uh, wanted to kind of just get it out there and we sent it out to bloodydisgusting.com to just, you know, to see if they could do a post about it. And we went from about 100 views to a couple of thousand in the week and it kind of took off from there. Other outlets picked it up. 
Um, I, I just, I, we kind of enjoyed that kind of mysterious aspect of it in a, in a way of like, what's going on? I feel like ours is, I don't want to say different than the rest, but we wanted to really capture the essence of like that early 80s feel. Um, so we wanted this kind of just be how it was back in the day where you went to the movies and all of a sudden you saw a trailer, you never even heard of this movie before, and then you wanted to see it. So it kind of all sort of fit. I don't want to bite any means say we're masterminds, but uh, definitely, definitely not. Definitely not. But uh, we 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 knew Instagram was something that we had already been doing for a while in various aspects. Um, honestly, I don't know why we don't have a Facebook yeah. page. <laughs> I don't think either of us are very savvy. Like we're not savvy. Media. We're not savvy. <laughs> gotcha. So we're just, we were literally did Instagram and then kind of reached out to multiple outlets, you know. Like you said, bloody disgusting, and then Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Yeah, a lot of YouTube channels and kind of whoever picked it up picked it up, and whoever didn't, you know, no problem. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen you guys list on on any other radio or podcast show. So is this is this technically your first one here with me tonight? It is. Yes. This yeah. is Our premiere. Absolutely. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Um. So, so Jason, we, we talked, Tim talked about being set in the eighties, which you definitely get that vibe when you watch the trailer, anybody that doesn't, I don't know what you're smoking on, but it's clearly fucking set in the eighties. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> I, did, I did not know until I started talking with you guys, you know, earlier and you mentioned that you're actually in the trailer. So I'll let you talk about your sweet ass mustache. <laughs> a sweet ass mustache. Well, I usually have a sweet ass, sweet ass beard. Uh, but yeah, we had another actor in the movie who had a beard who was getting married and, you know, he couldn't shave. So I decided to shave. So I, we didn't look like twins, but yeah, I thought the porn stash would really kind of fit in. Porn stash for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. So, I, I think, uh, when we were, we were digging in and trying to cast this, um, it started out a little bit, probably bigger, um, than we had the budget for. And as we whittled it down, uh jason was kind of a natural selection and uh he'll probably tell a different story but you wanted that mustache for sure <laughs> yeah i felt cool i felt cool but now i i originally was not going to be in the movie i am not an actor but it's also really? friday it's also friday the 13th so like i have to Kind of a dream I mean, when you're let's think about this, though. Kevin Bacon got his start in a Friday film. You could be the next Kevin Bacon with that sweet-ass mustache. I'm, I mean, I'm in. I'm in. That's true. You just step. never know. You just never know. I, I, don't, I don't run around in a Speedo, so like Kevin did, but... Yes. <laughs> so, but you definitely dance, so Footloose is in your cards. Yeah. <laughs> nice so is this you guys' first i guess um big project if you want to call it that combined uh it is yes we actually both went to film school back in the day and then we've been stuck in kind of corporate america working for the past 10 years 10 plus years 10 plus years and uh but we were just kind of talking one day about how we wanted to work on a project and i kind of randomly mentioned a friday the 13th fan film and kind of somewhat laughed it off, didn't really know what we wanted to do. And Tim texted me a few days later with a thought. And then we ended up writing the script. Jason's being a little bit modest. He's he's a big fan. He has a whole separate room in his house full of all the posters and toys and masks and whatnot. And so when we first were becoming friends, 
I think the first thing I tried to get for you was the uh, Friday the 13th NES video game action figure blue weird thing. Yes. And I was like, yes, you have to have this for your collection. And I had no idea what this collection was. But so when he mentioned Friday the 13th, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I get that. I get that. And yeah, it's literally, I think it was like two days later, I had some feverish dreams saying, I have an idea that meshes the genres because we all we, we love horror movies in general and i kind of wanted to bring in some other other elements and other movies but the vehicle would be would be jason so <clears throat> with uh you know you'd mentioned that you'd kind of i guess maybe talked about it before i don't know when you guys put the script together or whatnot but did any of this plethora or current wave of fan films that are all set to be released you know very soon did any of those have any impact on you guys saying fuck it we're gonna do this movie well not really because we've actually been working on this for four, four years, years. <laughs> just off and on oh wow working. Okay. yeah and so we filmed it last summer but we spent a lot of time because we actually had a full length kind of treatment for a feature film and uh, then kind of pared it way back in order to make it manageable for us. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, I think that's how that, that idea started with that feature length. Um, and uh, yeah, no, there was a um, there was a contest. There was a fan, fan film contest. Uh, so people could submit was about two years ago. Yeah. And so we pared it down to be a, to, to, to be a short for that. And kind of thinking, eh, let's just see what traction that gets. Um, we didn't win the contest. Um, I, I'm not sure who the winner was. <laughs> I think a Mr. Rogers is a CIA agent. But um, we decided, hey, why don't we make this ourselves and just go for it? So yeah. we've been doing it for a few years. Yeah. Um, we, we're fans, so we've seen fan films. And there, were, there were definitely some out before us, obviously. Yeah. But I, we do feel like within the past year or two, there has been a surge of fan films coming out. So. Well, there's a, there's a, a, a hole there's with the, the rights issues and whatnot. So, I mean, people, I think a lot of people like us want to see this product out there. Yeah. So like a little coke head, you got to get your fix. Got to get the fix. Oh, definitely. And obviously you mentioned you guys went to film school, so you can see, the quality and you can see the production quality in this. When I watched the trailer, I knew right away that obviously there was some type of experience there. There was some form of, of experience. This wasn't just people with an iPhone. You know what I mean? So I was, uh, right. I was really looking forward to talking to you guys and kind of seeing because, like I said, I was very intrigued at this one simply because no Facebook page, no Twitter. When everybody else is blowing up social media with uh, the different pages and stuff, which is fine. Don't get me wrong. I have no, I'm not knocking that at all. Um, but I was just like, wow, these guys, now this is just my personal opinion. When I was watching the trailer, I'm like, these these guys have their shit together and they seem like they're confident and they know it because they simply didn't even make any announcements. They're just like, yep, hey, we're here too. But which which, which wasn't the case because you were saying, no, we actually were just kind of seeing if anybody would be interested. So I was wrong. Yeah. Well, we we were definitely like, production quality which thank you we we do appreciate that and that's one thing we really wanted to just get across was the quality and you know that we actually spent a lot of time and we had a lot of heart and cared for it so that's yeah it's, a lot of times uh for pre-production and planning and whatnot 
Um, but again, like we had zero budget. Uh, Jason is a photographer um, on the side, so he does he does that. I've done multimedia production on and off and freelance, so we have somewhat experience around the equipment and whatnot. But outside of the early 2000s, no no big project uh, for work. I've done internal videos, training stuff, and so there's a little bit there. But we put the crew together that we had, which is minimal. We tried to find people and leverage networks over the years. But one of the things that we wanted to do is go, okay, we are, it's kind of like a Dogma 95 rules kind of thing. Like we are, we are a low budget production company in 1982. How would we make a movie if we had no money and, you know, roll the dice and try to get it at a drive-in movie kind of a thing. And so that kind of was like our motivational force. We were going to have, we're going to have professionally composed shots and just, and just do it right. Um, to much, you know, we shot it in, uh, we're in Austin, Texas, and timing-wise, we shot it in Austin, Texas in the middle of the summer. Probably not the smartest way to shoot a movie in the middle of the woods, uh, but um, we, we really took it seriously and just try to use all of our training and knowledge to do the best things we can, and um, and actually, we shot it in five days, so it was just, it was it was a hard fight, hard-fought five days, but uh yeah, it was a great experience, sure. Well, five days—that's crazy. I'm—I'm I'm sure you sweat your asses off, no doubt about that. But yeah, we lost yeah. About thirty pounds, thirty pounds, twenty-five pounds, twenty-five. Oh, 25. of course. <laughs> so obviously, you had you had somewhat of a of a cast and crew. Um, where did you just like recruit some friends? Did you have friends maybe back from back in film school? Was it local film students? I mean, give me a little bit of a rundown on how you put everybody together. Uh, sure. So um, one of my best friends from college uh, actually went on into the business. So he was a production assistant for many years. And so he's been working in the television industry for a while. So we kind of had a wild card in my pocket. Now, granted, he's a first assistant director on, you know, big projects and, and whatnot. He's out there. So he's he's a an operational production guy and in the real business, I guess you want to put air quotes around it. So, um, you know, him and I, talk obviously we're good friends um but i i took a chance and said hey do you want to come to austin for the summer and help us out for a couple weekends to do to do your thing and so uh he's like well yeah i will totally do that um but he was our uh our camera operator our cinematographer so he he went that route and that's how him and i did our things in college so our ace in the hole is we had someone who's in, in the business to some in 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 that degree so we had that kind of expertise uh, in our back pocket. So scheduling, wrangling talent, uh, getting the right shots, keeping on time, that sort of thing. And and that's what I—that's the biggest uh, issue you have when you have a tight budget is someone out there who can have the that mindset to keep everything in, on task. But also he's he's just a great friend of mine and and uh, someone that I work closely with. So he know he knows my my inner language. So we had that. That's kind of our starting point. If we can get him, his name is Doug Carter in the credits. If we can get him, we're home free. And then it was just leveraging networks and friends around the business who are uh, tangentially or directly involved. Like living in Austin, somebody has worked in, in some regard. So Jason had some friends. I had some friends. Everyone did this for free. Um, so we had like no money and no time. And we all just wanted to do a product and we're passionate about the genre and uh, really just rolled the dice. 
I would say production was five days and maybe a couple hour reshoot, but post production is where it kind of killed us right there. Yep. Sorry if you hear my dog. The dog is barking. But, well, it sounds but like yeah, Jason's so in there stabbing somebody now. Yeah, someone, I mean, look, someone's dying. It's a minor character. It's in the first act, so no yeah. one's worried. Yeah, there you but go. Yeah, you know, we so, did have a dog, but uh, he was saying we were able to get some friends like uh, Michael Mills. He's also in the movie. He's, his name is Pete, his character name. And uh, he does some DJ work on the side, but he did the score for us on the film for free. And then uh, we had another coworker at work who has a studio. So he came out and did like all the dialogue and, you know, did all the boom operating and the mixing and Sam. all that. So it's, we have a lot of good connections that we're able to come together and make the product. So yeah, everyone's doing their best. And, um, you know, I think everyone pulled triple duty on this for the most part. Um, everyone did at least two roles, if not four or five. So it, it was definitely a tight group. And, um, yeah, it, just passion, not to be corny. Well, and it will. And I think, I think a lot of the fan films or at least some of them anyway, are utilizing people in multiple roles. So it sounds like you guys are just, Absolutely. you know, fortunate enough to have people that are kind of, uh, uh, you know, wear different hats or Jack of all trades or however you want to refer to them as that. So, but no, it's there when you watch it. I mean, you can tell. And, uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to it. So with with only having five days, obviously that's not very long at all. I'm I'm kind of surprised that you were able to accomplish it in five days. Um, so what are we looking at as far as runtime? Well, that that would probably be the reason why we we're able to do it in five days. Yeah, <laughs> but we've seen some other ones that are you know about 50 minutes or an hour. So ours is actually just under 20 minutes. So we kind of had a compact story. It's, we had the feature length and we pared it down, but. Uh, yeah, it's down to 18 minutes. And yeah, I think all things said is like 1820 or something. So yeah. it's, a, it's definitely a short film. Um, we took the elements of the, the feature length, the three acts, and squished it down as much as we could to, to get the best, I guess, juice from the lemon. The Led Zeppelin quote, I don't know. Uh, no. Jason, you don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we wanted to kind of get that. So yeah, it's uh, under 19 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. And you know what? I mean, 20 minutes, uh, we're seeing fan films, whether it be Friday the 13th, Halloween, um, you know, take your pick. We're seeing fan films in the 20 minute range. We're seeing 30, 40, 50 minutes, an hour. So, I mean, you guys are, you're, you're right in line with everybody else. It's just a, you know, it is what it is kind of a thing. Yeah. I mean, the main reason we kind of cut it short is because we did, like you mentioned, like the production quality of it, we wanted to make sure we did it right. So we didn't want to, take on too much stress thin whatnot yeah so now filming locations was that something that you had to scout or did you have connections there or kind of how did that play out uh we did quite a bit of scouting um we were able to end up just kind of doing it guerrilla style for the most part yeah. uh, <laughs> all the day shots were done in some of the city parks around austin and some across the street from where we actually work uh but then we were able to score a friend's family's property out in the country to do all the nighttime stuff. And so, yeah, so we had a bit of scouting, but a little yeah. bit of luck. So uh, Michael Mills, who did the score, um, property out in Lexington, Texas. And so that was the thing that the biggest thing we were trying to secure was the nighttime stuff. Um, so when it gets to the nighttime, you have your characters in peril. So they're screaming. Um, there's, there's weapons and blood and whatnot. So 
you know, running around in the woods, we kind of thought maybe we should get a secluded place that we can keep shooting to, I think we shot to like four in the morning. Yeah. Um, and, and just keep that going without any interruption. So we had uh, 30 acres of kind of area, um, untamed forest and coyotes and what not to deal with. So, yeah, so it took a lot of prep work. And I think that's, that's the most important thing, you know, going out to a location, finding a place, you know, on our, on our breaks on the weekend, like there's, doesn't cost anything to find those places, but we felt there was important to find not only the right looking place, but also a place that seemed isolated and it was isolated logistically. And, um, that took, that took several months to kind of lock that down, but, um, I think it was worth it in the long run. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, it looked, it looks like traditional Friday stuff that you would see. And of course with the mask and a little bit of Jason that we get to see, you get that part three, that part four vibe, especially with carrying the mask on top of the head and kind of what seems like a, a, a tribute to part three. Maybe I could be wrong. Uh, you know, sometimes trailers aren't exactly what you see in the film. Um, but is that kind of the vibe you guys were going for? Like that part three, part four vibe? You're, you're on point. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so the thing, I guess, um, the way to kind of think about it, the way we approached it is we wanted to kind of soak up what we loved about the, the film franchise and some of our favorite moments, but we wanted to kind of reference the progression of the character, um, that, you know, the unseen character and the part three where he, you know, he gets the mask from, uh, the character in the movie and, so we kind of wanted to kind of, you know, go through that evolution. And that sounds pretentious, but we really wanted to just kind of reference all the movies as much as possible that you can in 18 minutes. So you're right on point. That is meant to elicit those earlier films leading up to, um, you know, the, the, the whole uh, climax, the whole climax. So um, not, not alluded into the trailer, of course, but um, you're, you're right on point. We wanted that part three. Uh, I think when I was writing it, I just got Jason's copy of part three in 3D and I, I had not seen it in a while so with the glasses and everything. So I put that on. I'm like, well, we got to do this. And so, um, yeah, so it's all supposed to be meant to be kind of a cover film, I guess like a cover band, but it's like a cover film. How we remember, how we love, how we celebrate the, the yeah. franchise and, and, and what can you, what can you do in 18 minutes? And so. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's uh, an interesting, I guess, description of kind of being a cover band type of film idea, but I like it. I, I do. And uh, that's the first vibe that I got was obviously we're going with basically the kind of the part three look or, or whatnot, but I do have to ask this because there has been some fan films that they've released some trailers and then they, they say, well, the trailer isn't relevant to the film. We just kind of shot that to kind of gauge interest. But I'm going to assume that with the short time that you guys spent filming, that the trailer is absolutely relevant to what you'll see when the film's released. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, filmed everything, got the movie put together, and then kind of pieced everything together to make, make the trailer. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely pertains to what you will see. Yeah, the trailer is the movie to some extent. And with- out revealing without revealing stuff <laughs> we wanted to put in some uh some sort of twists and turns and whatnot I, I don't i'm not trying to be too bold with it but the idea is we wanted people to watch the movie and kind of see where we're going with it 
and it takes you on a journey and to reference the cover thing and the, the different episodes of the franchise, we, we're kind of going through that. So it is it exactly how the kind of movie is. It, it feels that way um, for sure. It's definitely dangling. Leave it there. Leave it there. Yeah, yeah. I obviously don't want to give away too much, but I do have to ask because – we we talked about filming locations a little bit, but a lake was not mentioned. So is there maybe maybe anything maybe that you can talk about as far as actual Camp Crystal Lake is concerned? So that is a really good question. That is a really good question. So I will dip back a little bit and not go on and on. But um, initially, when we started working on this, we're not lawyers by any means. And we know that the, the franchise right now is kind of tangled up. So our initial script pass was to try to tell the story of Crystal Lake and Jason without directly referencing anything. It was almost like a challenge. Like, can we, can we do a movie? I mean, we're, we're very, you know, uneducated in this field of what we can say and not do and show and whatnot. So we wanted to kind of tell a story that if we made this movie and we never even did say these things, could we get it out there? And, and it just, we just didn't know. So that's kind of what we started four years ago. So in this movie, the characters, the movie, and why I say cover, cover band or cover movie, is the fact that it, it is meant to be in continuity to some regard. So there is Crystal Lake, there is Jason Voorhees, there is Mother Voorhees, like those ideas. We wanted to make it deep set in the mythology for sure. So I know that's, I don't know if that sounds all over the map, but... Um, we didn't have access to a lake yeah. <laughs> uh, necessarily to shoot this in the time, but uh, yes, it does take place at a lake. Okay. I'll be honest that I figured if the, if the lake was seen in the film, you, you would have seen at least a, a cut of it in the trailer, which I did not see. Well, it is in the final film for sure. Um, I, I don't know why it's not in the trailer. I think just timing wise, but uh, well, we didn't we, shoot we, the lake at the time. Yeah. It was a very late add-in. Yeah. We, we shot it. We released the trailer, and I think about a week later, we went and actually got the pickup shot of the lake. Yeah. I think that's uh, – yeah. So we have a, a pond in the trailer. Uh, but, again, part of, like, what we're, what we're doing here is we're fans. We're not – we don't – we have a Hollywood studio backing by any means, clearly. But uh, we wanted to make a movie and – do the best we can on a nine to five kind of job situation. So we felt this was something that we needed to go pick up. It's in the final film for sure. And it's definitely, uh, it's definitely more reference in the final film. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, with a lot of these fan films, what you've watched, I'm, I'm assuming you've watched most of the trailers for them. And what are you seeing? Like immediately let's cut to a shot of the lake. I mean, and yours, it's, it's a totally different setting, which I have no issue with whatsoever. I was just kind of curious because that usually seems to be the main focus that you see a lot, but I do have to ask, where did that vehicle come from? Oh, <laughs> well, that is Sarah who is in the movie. She is our main actress. But that is her boyfriend's vehicle, so he was very generous of letting us drive it off road into into the scene and use it. And we were hoping to use it more in the movie because it is a badass truck. Oh, it's badass! <laughs> Love okay. it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a 1972 Scout yeah. International or International mm-hmm. Scout. It it was awesome. Uh, a sound 
a sound man's nightmare for sure. Very creaky and slammy in the door. I mean, it's a solid metal 1970s vehicle, but it, it's it's amazing. And we wanted to add that character to the film. We really wanted to make sure that the audience and everyone was aware that this movie takes place in a time period. Is it is it you know July 13th, 1986? I don't know, but it is definitely the 80s, and it's not um, today. Yeah, well, I, I assume that it was there was probably since you guys had the hookup. I'm assuming somebody local obviously had this vehicle because yeah, can you rent them? Yeah, you can, but usually that those types of prices get a little bit steep. So I assume there was probably some sort of you know connection down there. And I know Texas, I know they like their cars down there. So I, I assume absolutely. Probably, yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, it definitely fits. I mean, that's outside of like a Jeep, you know, the traditional Jeeps. I mean, that's. That's it looks classic Friday. So I mean, I think you guys. I mean, you got lucky on that one. That's for damn sure. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think you know, uh, luck is one of our skills, I guess. But um, when uh, we had that vehicle, we we had to put it in there. And I think the original feature length had more a prominent role for that that vehicle. But um, given the amount of time that we were thinking that the runtime would be. Um, we just wanted to get it in there, and it's got an. Uh, that's that's the opening of the film for the most part. What you see in the trailer, you see that that truck, and there's or uh, and there's a scene there. So we love it. Uh, it has its own Instagram page. Uh, so it's 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 a classic vehicle. Oh fuck yeah, absolutely! As soon as I seen it, I'm like, oh hell yes, that's fucking awesome. So. No, I, that's cool to hear that it actually was somebody that was in, you know, directly involved in the film like that, that just, you know, that just let you borrow it. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just to backtrack a little bit and uh, as far, I mean, and if you can't mention anything about it, totally understandable. But like when you were talking about kind of the storyline and uh, just kind of saying, well, it doesn't really take place in a specific year per se, but obviously in the 80s. And it's it's going to feature, obviously, Mama Voorhees. Jason Voorhees. Is there anything else you can say about the story in general? Just like, hey, these these guys are out just having a good time, and they didn't realize where they were at, or just like a generality of kind of kind of what the setting is. Yeah, no, of course. Um, so to talk about the, I'll, I'll bring in a little bit about what we wanted to craft, and also the story. So we wanted to kind of again tell the story, of referencing what we love about the genre. So that's kind of where we started. And so the nebulous date is all about this sort of trivia of the movie. And if you really start outlining the timeline, the movies that obviously were made for the most part in the 80s, but they kept saying five years, 10 years, whatever. I think, I think by part six, it technically takes place in the 90s, like late 90s or something like that. So we kind of wanted to set this kind of weird alternate universe timeline to say, okay, the core of these movies is in the 80s. If you put it in continuity, it technically wouldn't be the 80s anymore. That's kind of where we started. So the timeline is that is meant to elicit that kind of, all right, the franchise was kind of moving the needle. So the characters were, what is the core idea of what we love about these movies? And it's what you said. These characters are invited out to an area to go hang out. They're younger people. That's not necessarily teenagers, but they're younger people. Uh, going to camp and have fun, and, and you're absolutely right. They're kind of at the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, it's it's kind of leaning into more of the part three and part four, where they don't necessarily know they're 
I mean, not now, but they're they're next to Crystal Lake, or they kind of bump into Jason. It's kind of how we wanted to kind of put them uh, in a way. So, yes, yeah, so uh, you have youngish people going out to have a good time, to get away for the weekend during the summer, and uh, really, they went into the wrong woods. And that's where we'll end it. That's what we're yeah. <laughs> yeah. They basically just picked the spot that they picked to hang out was a little bit too close, basically. Yes, it's a little bit too close, and um, yeah, from there, I'm well, getting I'm getting the life from Jason. So that's, yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely. Where that's that satisfies me. That's that's all I needed to know. And as far as just kind of looking at the clothing attire and just the characters in general, now granted it is a trailer, but the vibe that I would get from that is, and I've said this on on past episodes numerous times. There's a there's a big fucking difference in the styles between say Friday Part Seven and Friday Part Two. I mean, night and day difference. But when you look at your yeah. characters, to me, they clearly give that Part One through like Part Three vibe, like the clothing, and obviously that to me, you guys are like right on par with with what you would expect to see in the first three films, just as far as as style goes. Excellent. Yes, that that's kind of what we're aiming for, and the the movie does kind of morph into the different time periods. I'll say, but uh, what you mainly see in the movie in the trailer is, yeah, we were kind of aiming. We we're using the wardrobe from the original kind of as inspiration on where we should go with it because we didn't want it to be over the top '80s. We wanted it to be more just kind of natural looking, but definitely not from current time. Yeah, I think you nailed it right on the head. That I totally just high, air high five, Jason, because that's exactly what we're going for. We, are, I think, as fans, we probably love the the earlier ones, um, younger in our our lives and careers, and so that kind of stuck in our heads. But um, if we're going to set it in the '80s, it's got to feel natural. It's got to be just these characters are kind of dressing. But yeah, by the end of the '80s, style and everything changed. So. Um, I feel like the core of the beginning of Friday the 13th was one through four for sure. And so we wanted to kind of like, how do we do that? I think that if you, if you see in the trailer, the jean shorts alone uh, <laughs> kind of nail that. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the what is it? The red polyester shorts with the white trim. I mean, those are in yep. there, the, the T-shirts. I mean, I think the only thing you might have been missing, and I'd have to go back and watch it again, but I don't think anybody had like the the calf socks with the stripes on them, you know? Uh, oh, no, I they're did. there. They're there. Yeah, Jason's character does have those. Were they there? Okay. You don't get a lot of shots of him, yeah. yeah. You get one yeah. white shot of him in the trailer where he's walking down and he says, like, shit or whatever. But, yeah, so we wanted to kind of kind of add those things and uh, just those subtle details. I don't know if it's subtle, but the, the, those details of, well, holy shit, I wore that. Um, my brother wore that. Or... You go back to Walkman and the headphones and oh yeah, we bought things online. Uh, Jason has a Walkman on there that was was an old Walkman. I don't know if it's in the trailer necessarily for a second, but there's a boombox from like 1986 that I got at a Goodwill. Like we weren't trying to be necessarily perfectly accurate, but as best as we could with money. But yeah, we we wanted to add those subtle details like. Hey, this is an '80s movie, man. Like, this is how it's gonna be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I love the voiceover in the trailer. I thought that was an awesome touch. Nobody else really has seemed to to hit that uh, yet 
as far as that take goes, but it gives you that kind of, you know, like the 80s drive-in vibe or even the B-movie vibe or whatever, however you want to call it. But as soon as you hear the voiceover, you're like, fuck yeah, that's that was a nice touch. <laughs> I, I think uh, Tim just got a little little uh, excited in the pants that you said that. Yeah, that, that's, that's him. That's, that's all me. That's all me. Um, I, I wanted to, I, I don't know, I, I watched all on YouTube. You can search and there's the trailers for all the movies in like one clip. And I was trying to put together a trailer and I kind of had an idea what I wanted. Um, the trailer kind of starts with this sort of John Hughesian kind of vibe was what I was going for and then it kind of switches turns. But I'm, you keep mentioning um, part three and that's definitely one that's near and dear to my heart. Um, that was the first one that I remember as a kid because of the 3D aspect, but the, the hockey mask, of course, is on them in, in some of the materials. So not to give too much away or whatever. I mean, it's a, it's a cover film. It's a fan film. The trailer is modeled off of the trailer for part three. So when you watch the trailer for part three, you'll hear our trailer. And that's kind of was like, oh, I got to reference this one. The trailer for part three is great. It's it's like in the summer when things are gross. And it's just, it's, so I just did it as a reference for my sound guy. So, hey, this is kind of what I want to do, whatever. I recorded it on a, um, a little DAT recorder. And he said, that's perfect. Let's, let's roll with it. So, yeah, it wasn't intentional, but that's that's me. He's okay. very excited. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like I said, definite part three vibes. I mean, carrying around the hockey mask. I mean, that's clearly part three reference. I mean, as soon as I seen that, I'm yeah. like, OK, yeah, they're, they're definitely trying to nod to part three. There's no doubt about that. But uh, you, you definitely achieved that, I will say. Now, one thing we haven't talked about yet. That I don't want to forget is we haven't talked about your Jason actor. So do you want to touch on that a little bit? Oh, yes, of course. Um, so another gentleman that we work with, uh, uh, Jason had, had known him from around the, the office. His name is Tim as well. Tim Haig. Uh, he's what? Six, seven. Yeah. He's six, seven. Six, and seven. I had, I knew him from the gym at work <laughs> yeah. and I, he bench pressed you. I yeah. He right. bench pressed me and then threw me against the wall, but. Okay. So hang on were... before you say, before you go any further, I have to just throw this in here. So how do you approach a guy that you just know from the gym at work? And, and, and like, how do you say, Hey, do you want to be Jason Voorhees? Like, how does that work? Just curious. It, it's exactly how it went right there. And he said, sure. Yeah, you know, Tim is a great guy, <laughs> uh, family man, real chill. Um, I'm 6'3", and I was like, I'm tall. And then I met him, I'm like, oh, I am not, I am not tall. Yeah. Um, yeah, I literally just walked up to him and just asked him, hey, would you be interested in being adjacent in a film that we're doing? And he's like, absolutely. I mean, he didn't, say, like, he didn't, like, look at you funny, or he didn't say, like, I don't, like, there was no reaction. He was just like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was cool. <laughs> so cool. Okay. So you didn't we know did. if he was a fan of Friday the 13th or anything like that. You just simply asked him and he knew what you were talking about. Because, I mean, I hate to say this, but some yeah. people, they don't know who the hell that even is. I know, and he, he did. And when we were on set, you know, he put, he did a couple of touches that, you know, we were kind of frantic doing things on set. And he's like, hey, I think we should do this and this and this. And it was like spot on on what Jason needed. And so, yeah, so he put some touches in there and stuff that we may have sadly overlooked, even though we would have been sad because we would have realized it was missing in the end. But, but yeah, he he knew Jason, which was fantastic. 
Well, that makes for a great story because we may have to have I may have to have him on the show at another time just to kind of hash out that conversation. Like, hey, what was going through your mind when this guy walks up to you in the gym and just randomly says, "Hey, you're six foot seven. Do you want to be Jason Voorhees in a fan film?" Like, just that'd be a good conversation, I think. Yeah, I'll, I think he'd probably be happy to be on too. So absolutely, I think we did a screen test in in our office. We, uh, Jason brought him over and we had uh, some of the prosthetics and the masks. It's kind of like, you know, give me an idea of what we we're dealing with. Of course, when I met him, I'm like, yeah, you're perfect. And so I, I think we have a picture uh, where uh, Tim is in uh, kind of the prosthetic mask, which uh, are um, in the in the hockey mask. And he's standing there just towering over everything. And we just kind of went, yeah, I know it's it looks like the office gone, <laughs> the office Halloween episode gone bad. Yeah. But we looked at him, we're like, you're perfect. And he was great. He was absolutely great. Nice. And he was, yeah. it was probably almost 100 degrees at even still at 2 a.m. Oh, yeah. And he Lakers. never complained. He never took any of the costume off. And he was he was game. And he's ready so, for the sequel. You, you mentioned costume. You, you mentioned mask. Did you outsource that to any of the independent artists out there in the community? Or did you guys just handle that all in-house? Tim and I kind of handled most of it. We we went shopping around and found everything, went to a couple of army surplus stores and stuff. But then uh, one of our good friends, Kelly, who helped out with the blood and everything, she uh, distressed everything and made it look like Jason. So, yeah, it was, it was all, all in-house. So, yeah, we didn't like, – again, we have, like, zero budget. So a lot of uh, companies out there are making – replicas or movie look quality looking things and yeah kelly did an amazing job of taking you know what you would buy as a costume or a prop and and trying to make it you know fit into the the realm and yeah it was it was all very much low budget and do what you can i think uh the final mask and the look it came out really well yeah but i think everybody involved knows it's all about the details so you gotta get the details right and details they might not stand out if yeah. they weren't there, people would notice. Yeah, because, I mean, you and I both know, you guys, you both know that you're going to get the haters out there, the diehards. They're going to be like, well, the fucking mask sucks, and it doesn't look like this. And, you know, they're, they they just like to they just like to fucking be haters. Oh, they're yeah. going to talk <laughs> shit regardless. So that's usually the first thing that people will chime in on is something about the mask or something about the clothes and you could have, I mean, everything else could be right on point, but they're going to, they're going to shit all over that. So I assume that you probably handled it all in house, but uh, I do love the shot in the trailer where you get like the, the look through the mask at the girl holding it, that back end shot. Yeah. Like that's pretty badass. Yeah. No, thank Yeah. Thank you. That was, that was one of those, those things that, you know, planning and pre-production and, you know, you just have this moment when you're writing and creating going, this is kind of an interesting idea. And when you get on set in the woods and you kind of nail it, and uh, Doug, our cinematographer, did a great job of lining that up. It's, it's a lot harder than you think to get <laughs> those eye holes to match up. But it, we felt there was like an iconic moment where the audience can, can identify like, oh, shit, they in the wrong woods because something's going to go down. Yeah. And of course, I love the title. Here comes the night. It's not traditional Friday the Thirteenth, but uh, anything you want to add uh, as far as how the title came about? Um, yeah. So uh, the title is interesting. Um, originally, the movie was called something different, 
Um, we were talking about being a obsession and, and whatnot, and we're kind of playing around with it because um, we're completely stupid. We didn't do a lot of, you know, digging around. There's other projects out there that have the obsession in it, especially Friday the 13th. But that was kind of the ideas we were kind of thinking of. Um, but ultimately, since we're huge fans, we're trying to find what is the right title that fits what we're trying to do. And I don't know if I want to give too much away of the crazy conversations we have, but ultimately the original movie, the working title was David Bowie, Aladdin theme. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of going blank on it. But yeah, <laughs> the original working title of it was David Bowie, uh, lyric or title? I think it's a song. Yeah. Song. So we kind of, scotch. <laughs> yeah. So, we kind of went with that. So, and yeah, we wanted to find, okay, we wanted to, again, we wanted to reference that. So to be completely dorky, David Bowie did a cover of a Van Morrison song called Here Comes the Night. And since our movie is a cover film, we saw that and it just blew up in our face. We're like, well, Here Comes the Night is fucking perfect. Because not only is it a David Bowie cover, but yeah. it sounds, it sounded cool. And, it fit, and when we stuck it in in the movie and the and kind of like the title, it just worked. And we said we got we got to do this. Now, see, I think that's a great story. I mean, really, in all aspects, and the trailer really relates to that. Also, being you know, hey, everything's cool, and then all of a sudden it starts to get dark, and now you're all fucked. So just to right. hear kind of how all that, which is you know, obviously that's traditional Friday the Thirteenth anyway. But that's uh, there's usually always a story behind a name. And I think that's a badass story, actually. So that's cool to hear. So yeah, obviously the, the the film is coming out soon, and I understand you have a premiere date set up, and uh, I guess let everybody know where they're going to be able to watch it at, and talk about maybe the premiere. And uh, I don't, we, we could get into some other stuff, but I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything. I think we've kind of covered the generalities and kind of given some teasers that hey, you're just going to have to watch the film when it comes out. So that will be when. Okay. So uh, breaking news, of course, uh, we recently were approached by um, uh, Wicked Weekends, which is a, as a, a weekend kind of film festival. Um, and, and this September 12th through the 14th, they're doing three Friday the 13th movies in a row, which is uh, the 35th anniversary of part four. Then it's the, 30th anniversary of Manhattan, and then it's going to complete the weekend with Freddy versus Jason, if I'm not mistaken. So they approached us and they want to premiere Here Comes the Night, our fan film, before part four on September 12th in Fort Lauderdale. And you can look it up on, um, I think, Wicked Weekend and various other things that I'll send you. I'm not prepared. <laughs> uh, but uh, they, uh, they approached us to do that. So the, the world world premiere in-person premiere will be in fort lauderdale at that uh weekend festival um other than that the oh popcorn frights is what it's called and it's called friday the 13th wicked weekend so you can look it up on facebook and online our movie will be premiering against the 35th anniversary part four but on youtube on september 13th friday the 13th which a lot of other fan films are out there um, that same weekend. So it's a great day for fans of the genre, fans of Friday the 13th, and, and in general, to be out there. So YouTube, Friday the 13th. So in short, <laughs> I talk too much. He talks way too damn much. In short, it will be on YouTube, <laughs> Friday the 13th, 
of September. And a specific YouTube channel would be? Oh, yes. So uh, I guess... Calling Jack Barton. Yeah, because we're not prepared at all. Um, My uh, YouTube channel is uh, Jack Burton on YouTube. So that's the name of my cover band, Calling Jack Burton. So we just kind of let... It's the 80s, so... Big Trouble Little Sean. Yes, but you can see on f13herecomesthenight.com is our website, F as in Friday, 13herecomesthenight.com, or at CampBloodATX on Instagram. We'll have all the links out there. Um, Hopefully, we'll get posts on the other sites that we're working with uh, as well. Yeah, we're supposed to have reposts on Bloody Disgusting and uh, Friday13franchise.com, so... And and definitely, of course, Camp Blood Radio will be helping out with some promotion for that too. So uh, I do oh, have hey. to. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. We, we'll we'll help you out with that. Uh, I do have to fun little fact here about your YouTube channel. So after I watched the trailer, and I'm like, I gotta fucking get a hold of these guys. Who the fuck is making this movie? <laughs> so I, I click on the YouTube channel. I'm like Jack Burton. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, there's not anything that's even related <laughs> to fucking any horror films or like whatever. So, like, I'm like, okay, what's this Jack Burton? God damn it. So, like, I have to go back through. I don't find, like, any useful information to try to contact people or whatever. Because most of the time. Like we said. Like we said. Low-key. Yes. Super low-key. So, most of the time, like, you'll have, uh, I'll use Never Hike Alone as an example. You know, Womp Stomp Films. Or there'll be something that has a Facebook page attached to it, like, uh, you know, Friday the 13th network or, you know, whatever, Camp Blood Radio, whatever, there'll be something that you can like type into Facebook at least or, or whatever. And I'm not finding shit. And I'm like, God damn it. So I go back through the trailer again and I, I'm, I'm like, I'm on my phone and I got to pause it on the, uh, the credit screen. And then I'm like, oh, okay. So then I'm like, okay, who's producing, who's directing or whatever. And then for whatever reason, I found Jason. So I'm like, you know, send him yeah. a message. I found him on Facebook. I'm like, okay, this is the guy. Like, send him a message. And I didn't expect, since we're not, you know, we weren't Facebook friends, I didn't expect for him to respond, like, immediately or whatever. But I'm like, okay, hopefully he'll see this. Like, be, I have a feeling it might come out September the 13th, so I'm hoping he sees this before that. But if not, you know, I, I tried. And then, like, a, a week or, or – I don't even think it was a week. Maybe a few days later yeah. he hit me back and then said, you know, you guys be down to chat. And that's kind of that's how it went down. Yes, yeah. I I actually think it was about a month after you sent sent the email or the message on Facebook because it went into some random inbox since I guess since we weren't friends. Yeah. So I just happened to see it one day, and uh, but yeah. So. And it um, might have been a month. Uh, yeah, I mean, it might have been a month. I was originally going to say a month, but I'm like, I think that might have been a little bit too long. We'll just call it a week or whatever. I don't. I didn't want to make you sound like a dick. We'll put it that way. So I said a week. Uh, no, he's a dick. Okay. He's a dick. You can go to uh, jasonisajerk.com and see all about Jason and yeah. how he's a dick. And <laughs> it's true. He set up a jasonisajerk.com website just for me. Just oh, because. Is that, is that, is that for real? No, it's for real. No, it's, for real. Uh, it's a random inside joke conversation. And within 20 minutes, I had a website posted real quick, jasonisajerk.com. It's nothing scandalous by any means, but it was the greatest way of saying, uh, fuck you, don't ignore me <laughs> in this conversation. Oh, that's awesome. He, so, he goes the distance. That's, that's pretty clever. So, all right, being that it was kind of your first project, just one last question real quick. Uh, any other projects 
in the future coming up or are you just kind of kind of seeing how this is going to do first? Uh, yeah, we're actually kind of in the talks of trying to figure out a story or an idea for the next project. Yeah, absolutely. We, we fell in love with this. Like we said at the top, you know, this is something that we did in the past and we want to kind of revisit. And, you know, a lot of our aloofness is just, just trying to get back into the, to, to the game and uh, wanting to make films and, in today's climate, you know, if you're if you have an idea and you have a story, you can kind of get out there and express. So yeah, Jason and I have some some cool ideas cooked up, some original, some other cover ideas or fan films in different genres. Yeah, we're we're aiming for more of original this next time. Yeah, but, but uh, our Jason actor is six foot seven. He wants to do a sequel, so we'll see what happens. Hey, there you go. I mean, the sky's the limit nowadays. So. Yeah, yeah, check them out on YouTube. Project, we're going to be uh, learning a lot more about the social media, so we won't be as mysterious and tricky next time. Well, you were definitely oh, yeah. mysterious. I mean, I had to, like, literally, <laughs> I, like, had to work at this one. I, like, had to fucking watch the trailer, like, six more times and pause it. So you got, like, six more views off of me. Well, thank you for those views. But it's just like it's just like back in the day where you had to pause the VCR and find out who that girl was at the movie. So that's, a, you know, that's exactly the whole experience. Yep, and that's exactly kind of how it went down. So yes, you were a little bit elusive, but I I I I found you and we made it happen. And now hopefully, like I said, people uh, who might have had some other questions, maybe now they have some answers. But regardless, Friday, September thirteenth. You can check out Here Comes the Night on YouTube. But, hey, if you're in Fort Lauderdale, if you're in Florida, go see it in person. Uh, I'm assuming you guys are not going to be there in person? Unfortunately not, no. No, we can't make it. But <laughs> God damn, I wish I could. <laughs> well, hey, you know yeah. what? Uh, Texas has a lot of fans, so you guys got, uh, you know, maybe there's, there's other options as far as screenings in Texas. That's for damn sure. You got all kinds of conventions, and Texas is big for horror fans. So I'm sure this film will be making its way. Uh, for showings all over, just like some of the other fan films have. So uh, anything you guys want to throw out there before we wrap this up? Uh, no, I, thanks for the opportunity. We're so glad that you reached out. Sorry we made it difficult, but um, I just want to say out to the fans, I, I hope you like it. You know, it comes from a place of, of love for uh, the franchise and the genre. And, um, you know, we, we welcome the feedback. And I, I think, you know, not to sound too corny, but I encourage people just – to take a chance and, and, and make a fucking movie and, and get out there and, and see what happens. Cause it's, it's a great story to be involved with. And, uh, God damn, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to do it. Agreed. <laughs> That's all I got. And there you have it. So check out Friday the 13th. Here comes the night on YouTube for free Friday, September 13th, Jason K's Tim McCormick, but that wraps up another episode of Camp Blood Radio. So please rate and review wherever you listen to the show at. And also please leave us a review on Facebook. We would definitely definitely appreciate that. And if you have any suggestions, feel free to drop us a line. As always, unless you're Mark Tefner, hashtag fuck Mark Tefner, since Kent isn't here to give him his usual salutations. And in a couple of weeks, we will check back in on the Camp Blood Radio Takes the World map. Until next time. 